Before we begin, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Injitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the class. I've personally taken a few of these classes, and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion, but wanting more. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. I'll see you there. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouth guard that is state of the art. These mouth guards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters, but even better, they can be tailored to any sport. Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. Hey, everybody, and thanks for tuning in to another quarantine edition of the Richard Listen Show. Um, today is, I'm excited finally to get my old friend Kevin Connors on the show. Um, as committed to you, while we're all in quarantine and locked in our home, we are going to deliver to you as much content as possible. So uh, thank you for listening in. If you haven't already checked out my Patreon page where you can see old episodes, and thank you again for all the contact on Instagram, uh, letting me know of the types of high performers. Uh, now that we've got Kevin on there, of course, with Title IX and all that, we're going to try and get some of uh, his female colleagues out of here as well. Uh, we know all of you are, this is not easy in whatever form, whether you be one of my colleagues on the front lines who are still showing up to work uh, despite your own need to protect yourselves. Uh, we thank you, we appreciate you, and uh, we hope that we're turning the corner with some of the social distancing. Without further ado, my guest today is, I always think of him as a, a star basketball player and point guard. He'll reveal to us what position he went on to play uh, for Ithaca, and uh, most recently has taken his game to the next level on ESPN as a host and anchor, and he's going to share a little bit with us today about the obstacles that continue to to keep coming your way, uh, even when you make it to the next stage and as you keep to aspire growing personally and professionally in your career. Kevin, thank you so much for being here. It's a true honor. Two kids later, how are you holding up? <laughs> Dr. Olberger, it's a pleasure to be on with you. I've heard a lot of great things. I assume that some of them are true. And uh, uh, it's, hey, Rich, it's great to connect with you, man. Now, you know, how many years after we were growing up in Rockville Center together, it's really cool to be speaking with you in this. Uh, in this format, yeah, you know, we were talking about it before you hit record. I mean, two kids right now, like, look, everything I'm about to say is relative. And I feel so terribly for anyone who's enduring this on any level, you know, with any sort of uh, infection or anything medically related, it, it's relative. We are inconvenienced, which is nothing compared to what a lot of people are going through. Having said that, 
a five-year-old and a 16-month-old and nothing to do and no schedule, man, it ain't easy. Do you have an indoor basketball hoop uh, going on? Of course, there's safety we do. concerns. <laughs> there's safety concerns. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can get my little guy to do like two of them, and then he wants to go climb upstairs, <laughs> which, of course, there's danger around every corner. And anything, any area that we have him contained in, he wants to be anywhere but there. Uh, and, you know, we, got, we just got a hoop outside, so it's been fun to have my daughter shoot around a little bit. But, uh, again, it's all relative. You know, I mean, we're, we're getting through it just like everybody else. And, you know, again, we talked about it, man. It is such an unbelievably unique time in the history of this country, certainly in our lifetimes. Now, your father was a, a military man, is that right? He was. He was in Korea, yeah. He was in Korea. Yeah, my dad was uh, in Korea, but he was non, I think, peacetime. Um, has he shared any reflections about, you know, some of these things about lining up for the stores or things like that? Or um, did they go through any of that? Was it similar? I mean, you know, my, my dad's 87. Um, so, or he's, yeah, he just, just turned 87. So, I mean, he was alive in, for World War II. And, you know, I, I know that he, um, I, I don't know that he has really strong memories of that time, but obviously it was you know, unbelievable hardship in this country. And the good news, bad news is, you know, the, the, the good news is that he hasn't really gotten outside to see too much of it. I guess the bad news is he doesn't have any stories to relate to it, but the good news is he's not getting out much. And we've kind of told him, dad, stay at home because you're living on Long Island in an age bracket. I mean, you know, it, it, it can't get any worse for him. So uh, most heartbreaking thing about this whole diagnosis thing is that telling kids to stay away from grandkids. It's really, yeah. like you mentioned, like the most counterintuitive thing emotionally about what we'd want to do in any kind of crisis is to be there and be connected. Um, yeah. We had discussed, my wife and I were having discussions today about having my mom and dad come up here. We have, we here in Connecticut where I live, zero reported cases right now, zero. My folks are on Long Island where there are a lot, it's close to the epicenter. So we've been saying, should we have them come up here and be with us? It's probably eventually what we'll do. I can't believe, Rich, that this is what we're talking about in the United States of America in 2020, but it's a reality. Yeah, and that's that's the hardest thing, you know, in my work is that anything, you know, it's it can be traumatic, just like we were talking about. Uh, obviously out here, we, we had the Kobe Bryant passing about two months ago. You know, anything you cannot predict or see coming, is it's such a shock. And obviously that was a shock for the basketball world, losing, you know, an athlete at that echelon and of that status and impact. Uh, and, I, and I really got to experience it down here at LA Live and people like this. But this, you know, this affects everyone globally. So um, I, I, I respect your sensitivity. And yes, obviously we, we don't want to compare to people who have physical symptoms or that are having to go in the hospital and, and, and get on one of these respirator machines. Um, but these are secondary effects, the facts that parents are being asked to work, care for their kids, run their homeschooling, um, you know, and, and there's an opportunity in that, uh, but it's, it's also, it's just very hard to not, to feel like you cannot mobilize or go anywhere. It's, it's very unnatural. Um, 
So it's they're lucky to have you that you would even have that option to bring it up there. But it is it's confusing. We have the Passover holiday coming up next week and to be confused as to whether I should invite my mother into my own home as to whether it would be some sort of a safety violation is it, it's a weird kind of dilemma. Uh, certainly one that, you know, we would never want to leave our, our aging parents isolated. So it's this, this fine line between emotionally taking care of people and keeping them safe and then uh, leaving them isolated. So um, that's nice that your wife is on board with, with trying to do what's best for all of them. For the time being, let's check back in in about two weeks <laughs> when we're in the throes of it. No, and, and you know what I mean? And that's part of the, look, that's part of, the age bracket that we're in right now is, is, you know, is dealing with the difficulties that come with aging parents. You know, those of us who are fortunate, you know, to have experienced being around our parents for any significant amount of time and, um, and the responsibility, you know, it's, it's, it's wild. My wife, uh, her, my mother-in-law has, is in a nursing home right now. She's 65 years old and it's, that she just did not take care of herself. And so it's like we've taken on that burden. And I don't want to call my parents a burden in any way. My mom is extremely with it. My dad is physically limited right now, but it is a, let's call it a, a mental burden right now. So there are a lot of these things we're all trying to wrap our arms around. And again, in the midst of a, of a global crisis, it's, it's, a, it's a really strange It's even time. harder. It's yeah. even harder. Well, on the topic of your dad, just because I had a big flashback leading up to this show, he used to show up to your games with a, a notepad and a pen. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember, you know, and he even took notes a couple times on some of our games. Now, not being his son, this felt tremendously wonderful that he took attention and wrote down notes to work on. I mean, did that, did that help you having constant feedback like that? Or was that level of attention uh, a challenge? No, it helped. Rich, I, I tell people all the time, you know, I couldn't have been luckier to have the parents that I have. My dad, my dad does not drive, did not drive in his entire life, never got his license. And yet I think he missed one or two games that I played in, um, in my career. Wow. And he would take the train from New York City. I mean, you commuted from Rockville That's a true New Yorker right there. You're right. You're right about that. I'll just walk there. Um, yeah, he but, he. but you know what? He would take the train from, from Penn Station to Hewlett, however the hell you get there, and, and, and walk in a lot of cases to, you know, there was no Uber back then. You might have been able to hail a cab, but... So he was so dedicated. He cared so much. If I'm if I'm half the parent that he was in that regard, uh, you know, I, I will have done a great job. I loved it. Every every kid wants to hear you were the greatest of all time, but but that's not parenting. You know, it's not being honest. It's not coaching. And my dad was a coach to me in in some ways. So I I, I embraced it. It helped me get better sometimes. Again, I didn't always mm -hmm. want to hear it, but it definitely helped. Uh, and you you took on the announcements for our high school, just for all those who aspire to uh, one day broadcast and, and get into any kind of, um, you know, media. Where did that desire come from? I mean, how much of that is like from a family of brothers and needing to get your voice heard? I mean, <laughs> you've been doing this from the jump. 
we had a crew back in the day on the morning announcements, me, Joe Altman, and Boris Cirillo. And I mean, we, you want to talk about filling it up, we filled it up back then. Um, you know, Rich, honestly, you know, it, you know, you and I both dealt with a tragedy a couple of years ago when we lost our really good friend, Andreas Cahan. And, and yes. um, uh, I fell in love with broadcasting by playing video games with him in his house. And, and we, you know, we all shared a passion for sports so much. And I thought, what a great way to make a living. If it, wait, you can actually do this, you can talk about sports and get paid for it and go to games all the time. Where do I sign up? And I don't even think I ever really thought about being on ESPN or being a, a, a sports doing sports center. It never really occurred to me, but it, I did wonder, boy, could I broadcast games and get paid for it? And, and that's sort of where that, that dream was born. And then the opportunity allowed itself in high school. And, and then I realized, wow, you could study this in college and, and make a whole career of this. So that's really kind of where it was so all born. So your degree at Ithaca was in communications? Television, radio, yeah, yeah. And did they allow you to do some games there for other teams or would you get your practice going? Did, so football was really the big sport at Ithaca Division Three. We had won a couple of national championships just before I got there, 88 and 91, uh, I believe, were the years. So football was the big deal. So I was able to do football games, play-by-play, -play, and some color. Um, obviously, basketball, I couldn't. I think I may have done a Cornell game, maybe. Um, and then one or two baseball games along the way. But we had a talk show and we had a TV station where we got to do newscasts. So we really got phenomenal exposure to all sorts of things there. And I think it was great. So you mentioned Andreas and, you know, deep loss for all of us from Rockville Center in the last few years. Uh, it's so funny. I'm still trying to get micro league baseball for my <laughs> all these games that do all the work for you. <laughs> It takes all the fun out of, you know, reading, reading the play-by-play -play and, uh, you know, narrating everything from, like, the wind-up to the stretch. Like, it walked you through it. Uh, that was a beautiful thing, beautiful thing. Growing up, the balance between playing indoor sports and then we could go outdoors and play uh, a game or two of basketball or football and then come back in. Um, I still, I still look back on those days and I, I thank the Cahans for uh, letting us make their house our playground. <laughs> I, I've got so many happy memories. I mean, really, um, you know, childhood as a whole, I, I, I loved growing up in Rockville Center. I loved my experience in high school. I know not everyone feels that way. I, if I could do it again tomorrow, I'd probably sign up somehow. Um, but a huge component of that, I, I think we talked about this, you know, around the time Andreas passed away was I, I said outside of where I grew up and, and the high school, there's not even a question in my mind. I spent the most time at, you know, at Andreas's house. I've got so many happy memories of playing basketball and football or calling boxing matches or playing video games in his basement there, or, or upstairs. Is there a I mean, copy was, of that tape? Is there a it does not exist. I, I pray it doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, it was great. It was. I still I loved, remember my intro that you did. <laughs> I don't, I'm not listening. Uh, no, man, I, I had I had so many happy memories growing up in that town. 
So talk to me a little bit about basketball. It's always been an interesting point of contention about how different people and players respond differently to different kind of coaches and environments. And in our high school, I guess it had some success in the years before our team came along. Um, you know, and my experience, at least in retrospect, was that the dynamic on, on our team, you know, in a, in a disappointing fashion became kind of toxic. Um, how did you, you know, maintain a level head and focus through all that or just not get pulled into it? What do you have advice for a player out there maybe who's not in the ideal team and yet has the aspirations to play at the next level? Well, Rich, you know, my basketball experience um, took a tremendous career arc. I mean, I, I enjoyed some success in high school. I was, I, I was, I was okay. And I made, you know, I, I, I made the varsity as a sophomore, which didn't happen a ton. So, I got to experience, let's call it a certain level of success early on. And I was, I was a pretty good player my junior and senior years and, and, um, and, and got the opportunity to go to college. And then when I got to college, it was the rudest of the rude awakenings. So, uh, and my four years were extremely difficult. And in, and in hindsight, very beneficial. Um, life isn't only about succeeding and the lessons you learn when you don't succeed are as valuable as the ones you do, maybe even more so than when you do succeed. So I kind of experienced both, both sides of it where I had some success and then I really, really struggled in college and it was not easy. And how much did your, you know, your upbringing, your values help you through those, those tough times? I mean, where do, where do we lean when we're struggling? Oh, it's, it's everything. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, again, I was very fortunate to come from a great family where I could lean on my mom and dad throughout. I, you know, you could it'd be interesting to have them on and they could tell you some stories about how hard it was on them. You know, they would come up and, and see me. And I, I know my mom talks about this one time, I think it was a sophomore where, you know, she saw me, I had a close haircut. I looked so thin. She's like, you look like a refugee. I felt so badly for you. And, um, you know, I, I leaned on them a lot and, um, and I, I persevered because it was sort of my upbringing that even if times get tough, you try to figure out a way. And, um, it was challenging and it was rich. It was probably, it was probably so challenging because I had success in high school and, and now all of a sudden I'm being dealt a hand that, you know, I, I was, I was overwhelmed as a freshman. And then I sort of felt that by my sophomore year, I deserved to play and I didn't get that. And I had a, I had a brutal coach. So being able to lean on them and my brothers, it was really all very, very big. Uh, so are you pretty much uh, based in, in Connecticut these days? How, how are you handling, how is the network handling uh, life without sports um, and keeping their employees safe? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, only essential personnel that goes in. Um, so my role, even though I had done SportsCenter for a long time and still do do some, I've kind of shifted now into uh, what they call the wraps department. Pre-game, in-game, post-game if needed. College basketball, 
college football in the fall and then baseball. So, you know, with that being the bulk of my job now, with there no games going on, I haven't gone into work in two weeks, um, which sounds like it's great. And then you're sort of like, man, I love what I do and, and miss it. I haven't been out of work for two weeks since I graduated college. Uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, you know, they're, they're doing, they're getting by with sports center on a, you know, a skeleton basis and, uh, and other shows or people, they've just said, stay home. And uh, so that's what I'm doing. Crazy. It's like when, when there has never been a year without March madness, right? I mean, the first day of the tournament, I don't know about you because your, your parents were a little stricter, but it was like a national holiday. Like it's somehow found a way to leave school early or, you know, uh, camp in my basement and watch as many games as possible. So um, my heart goes out to those, especially the seniors, right? I and mean, they must have lived their whole life to play, especially the teams that were, were making amazing runs. I think of guys like Cassius Winston at Michigan State who came back for their senior year to win a national championship. And uh, he went, you know, he personally went through a really tough year, uh, not to go down that road. But, yeah, you know, I've described it to people as like you you read one of the most gripping books you could read and then you get up to the last chapter and someone tore that chapter out of the book and you'll never know how it ended because there is no ending and it it stinks and I feel for those kids and I feel for those of us on the TV side who put a poured a lot into it and uh, you know my company lost a lot of money by not having championship week you know it it, it stinks but again it's all relative right so how does it work, Kevin? Are you able to say, you know, I love college basketball, put me on those games, or do you just get <laughs> slotted? <laughs> can, can you make requests, or is it just like, you know, you'll take what's available and you'll be a team player? <laughs> how deep do you want to go in the weeds here, Rich? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you're allowed to share. You know, you, know, you, I you... I imagine it being, you know, it's such a dream to, to be out there. And I know your love for basketball. So whenever you're doing a game, I'm like secretly fist bumping, you know. <laughs> and then you're like, well, you know, I just imagine myself, but I really want to be doing a, uh, you know, a bowling competition or something. I don't know. But, um, you know, I, I'm sure there's a, a bit of take one for the team. Early on, I noticed they had you on all the major holidays. I assume when everyone oh. else wanted off. Well, that's, I mean, you know, that, that's a huge part of our profession. And I'm not going to sit up here and tell you that it, it's, it's hard. It's what we've chosen to do. And uh, that comes with the territory. I, you know, for, I'm 23 years a professional now, 20, yeah, 97. So, yeah, 23 years. And it, it, I'm just used to it. You know, my wife, who has not always lived this crazy lifestyle, she's still like, wait a minute, you're working on Thanksgiving, you know, and I'm like, yeah, you know, sports go on unless there's a pandemic. Um, <laughs> you know, sports, that's when most people are watching. So for me, it just comes with the territory. And, you know, it's, it's again, I, I, I view it like this. Like I tell people all the time about ESPN. There's a micro and a macro. The micro is you might get upset about not getting an assignment or this or that or whatever. The macro is I work for the best sports news organization on the planet. And if you told me 13 years ago that that would be the case, I would have signed up regardless what any hardships are. So I'm as lucky a guy as there is, believe me. So you mentioned that, that now it, was it, it wasn't like the goal to work at ESPN was the goal. Like, how did you arrive 
at this place? Was the goal just to hone your craft? Um, you know, how did you mentally shape your focus post-college and post-basketball? It's a great question. You know, we were just sort of conditioned that if you wanted to do uh, sports broadcasting, you could go one of three ways. You could be a talk show host, you could be a play-by-play guy, or you could be uh, an anchor. And so I kind of chose the sports anchor route. And when I was coming out of college, it was go get a job in a tiny little market, learn how to do it, and then work your way on up. And the goal, so, so for me, it wasn't even like, I'd love to get to ESPN. The goal was more, I'd love to get to New York City and be a sports anchor at a top market. And I was very fortunate that that happened. Now, it took way longer than it maybe should have, or let's put it this way, it took way longer for me to get a second job than it should have. But the to get to your question, I never went into it thinking one day I'm going to be on SportsCenter. Of course, I knew what SportsCenter was, and I loved SportsCenter, but that was never my passion. My passion was to find a job as a sports guy at W whatever or K whatever and be the guy there. Because growing up, there was not as many even ESPN networks for opportunities, right? I mean, this has just exploded over the last 20 years. We get to college and then there's ESPN2, but you're right. When we were in high school and, and, and younger, there was SportsCenter. And there was SportsCenter on, I think, I think the first one they did was the 6 p.m. edition on the East Coast. And then they did an 11 p.m. and a 1 a.m. and a 2 a.m. So there were four. So, there, so you do the math on that. Four shows, two anchors. I blame you know, my probably... sleep deprivation on the 1 a.m. Yeah. show. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, no question. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so there weren't even a ton of those jobs, and and um, and and you know the, you think about that, the, the, the chances of getting one are so small. So again, I kind of was just more focused on get to WNBC in New York and be that guy, and and then that's a success. And of course, it veered a different way. My my agent found out about an opportunity. I went and auditioned, interviewed, and after a couple months, got a call that hey, we'd like to hire you at ESPN, and it was. It was everything. It was, it was the break that I never knew I wanted, but, uh, but was so happy to have. And how is your preparation now per show as compared to maybe early on? I mean, you, I know you have quite a bit of uh, one-liners of, of your own and up your sleeve, but uh, it's quite a bit of uh, preparation, I can imagine. And, you know, just for our listeners out there that want to do this and um, have to realize the commitment that goes alongside it. You know, when, when we do a sports center, if I'm doing the 11 PM sports center, let's, let's call it an hour long show, 11 to midnight. Um, I get in at 5 PM and we have a show meeting and we talk about the, uh, the stories that are going on under normal conditions, the games that are being played. We prioritize them. We figure out what elements we want to do. And then from there we read and write. Um, the notion that it's a super glamorous job all the time is not necessarily the case. Like I said, we, you know, I'm sitting in my chair working on the show from 5.30 until 10.30, sitting in front of a computer, reading and writing, uh, thinking of clever ways to present things and watching games, you know, a couple TVs on and so that's what it is. And then you go to the makeup chair and get made up and then you get mic'd up and they put the earpiece in and boom, you're on. 
Uh, and then you do it for an hour. It's like, it's, you know, it's like riding a bike downhill with no steering wheel and for an hour and then all of a sudden it's over. <laughs> and you're like, wait, I got to drive home and now go to sleep after this. You know, it's so, but um, uh, yeah, there's a lot, there's a ton of prep. I mean, fortunately for me on my off days, watching the game is work. Um, but you need to know, especially when you're doing a show like SportsCenter or college basketball or college football studio, you're, you're an authority or you would better be. And so there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. It seems like everyone these days is trying new workout systems. Some people go to the gym, others may run, but I've recently discovered a great in-home method that is absolutely amazing. I'm taking in-jitsu classes online where I'm being trained and pushed in real time by top MMA fighters straight from the octagon. Injitsu.com provides real-time classes so you can get a top-notch workout from the comfort of your own home. These classes are absolutely going to sell out. So head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class for free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. Protecting your child's teeth is important in any sport. That's why Impact Dental Designs has put so much thought into their state-of-the-art mouth guards protecting athletes in youth sports all the way up to advanced MMA fighters and champions. And the best part is you can customize your own design for your own creative and fun mouth guard. So head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens and if you purchase now, you get a free customized design and 20% off your order. Now I've seen you out there uh, at the, uh, it's the yard goats, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the view. Is that uh, double A, triple A, single A? Double A, yeah. It's the. Uh, that looks to be a little bit of fun for you guys. It's great, man. You know, when they were building the stadium, I thought, oh, what, what a total boondoggle this is, man. You know, downtown Hartford, Connecticut could use $100 million on better things, I promise you. Uh, but the stadium is fantastic. And that, by the way, that probably is still true. But uh, the stadium's great. It's been really neat to bring my daughter to games. I look forward to bringing my little guy to games. My wife and I enjoy going. It's a cool experience. It's good baseball, but but minor league baseball has it figured out, man. It's not about nine innings of hardcore watching. It's more about the things that are going on inside the park, the mascots or the uh, the T-shirts that they're shooting into the crowd. Uh, so it's a really neat experience. Yeah, I got to go out here and see the uh, – I think it's the Quakes. Um, I can't remember if that's the Dodgers or the Angels. but uh, And the uh, 49ers, I think it is, or some, something Niners. Uh, okay. the, the, that's, the, that's the Anaheim team. But uh, they make it a lot of fun. They're, they're bringing cowbells and they're giving away 50 hot dogs. And uh, you just get a sense a lot more – of like what it is to be attached to something that's you know much more fan friendly and, and where the fans are really connected to the players to get their chance so uh do you have is that one of the ways that you connect to sports and it's not work with the kids yeah for sure i mean listen much as i try my daughter's not sitting down and watching a syracuse basketball game with me uh, or or a, or a Bills game, <laughs> you know. I mean, she's she, you know. so. Oh, the Bills are getting good too. 
I know. <laughs> I, I, right, exactly. She's coming soon, I promise. Um, yeah, no, I mean, we've had so much fun. Listen, here's the extent to which she likes going to the Yard Goats game. She likes going to the stadium and seeing all the people and, and you know, whether the lights are on or if it's day game, the, you know, the guys in the field in their uniform. And then she wants to go to the merchandise uh, room, <laughs> the team store, and then she wants to go – Get a hot dog and a donut because it's Dunkin' Donuts Park, you know. So that's the wow. extent to which she likes going to the game. Yeah. <laughs> that would get me hooked too. <laughs> no doubt. They finally, they finally started building some Dunkin' Donuts out here in Los Angeles. It's it's been a, it's it's a lost 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 uh, piece of nostalgia. The East Coasters are loyal. Brother, you, I mean, here in Connecticut, you can't go 10 feet without bumping into a Dunkin' Donuts. It's, uh, they're everywhere. Uh, Talk about a matter of perspective. No question. Yeah. Well, but you, you, know, you just wait you know, and see. That... Go ahead. Go ahead, Richard. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say that little, well, you know, when they get a little bit older, my son is now 11 and he's already planning out which games we're going to go to and uh, he's already planned out all the New York Giants games, despite their uh, recent uh, lack of success. So, uh, you know, I, I have a feeling you'll be getting uh, <laughs> a lot of that down the road. I can't wait. I really, you know, she's played a little bit of soccer and even just shooting around in the driveway. Um, my daughter, you know, it's like, it's, it's been really cool to experience sports, which is such a huge part of my life, um, to see her going through that. So you're right. I mean, as they, as they get older and my nephews are getting into it, you know, like on a different level, they're, they're older. Um, but so my, 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 uh, I've seen some videos from your brother there about shots in the house or in the driveway. <laughs> oh, exactly. Or even just, or even, you know, I'll get things like, Hey, uncle Kevin, who do you think was better? Uh, Shaq or Lawrence Taylor? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Can I get some time? <laughs> right. How do I answer that? But, but still, it's, you know, it's really, it's fun. So uh, you're right. You're right. And I'm sure you're, you're loving every minute of it right now. Would you ever consider uh, coaching their uh, junior league games? Oh, yeah. I'll tell you a funny story, though. Uh, again, my daughter is five. So she was uh, four and a half last year when when they had their first kind of in in our town they had their first organized soccer league although she had played in two others in other towns so anyway long story short this one was not as well organized in our town and it was kind of like show up volunteer to coach and then you're the coach of the team well i missed the first practice because i was traveling for work so i go to the second practice and the people who had taken over coaching the first practice were horrible and so I'm on the sidelines and like, you know, they're like not doing anything with the kids or it's, it's like intro, intro, intro to soccer. And we'd already been playing, you know, at the field down the block. So I'm on the sidelines getting worked up. My wife is like, honey, take it easy. It's, you know, it's four-year-old soccer. I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. <laughs> yes. I'm happy there's not that much, if there is videotape, limited amounts of me as a soccer coach for someone for someone who knows very little about soccer, I somehow have three kids who decided to play it passionately. So that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I think it's just the the virtues of growing out here in Los Angeles and being around a rich community and um, 
for those of you who haven't seen, I think it's called uh, on Netflix, Soccer in the City, which kind of tracks the development since the mid-90s um, of soccer and, and how it's taken over inner cities. So it's, um, it's getting a lot more of the athletes and uh, certainly allows for a lot more creativity. And um, it's, a, it's an amazing game that involves, you know, 11 people and a lot of teamwork. So yeah, um, pretty impressive. And it's enabled me to see a lot of the, the, the West Coast, uh, Nevada, Arizona, things like that. So nice. happy, to, happy to vicariously get that experience and learn how to be a, a, hopefully a healthy sports parent. Um, and uh, try and coach <laughs> with a lot of patience. And, you know, practicing nowadays, parents want their kids to learn mental skills and um, breathing exercises, visualization, all the way from a young age. So it's a, it's a good opportunity for me. I'm sure. And for your kids. I mean, you know, to have that, Kevin, that... I know, you mentioned keeping yourself motivated. Um, even after you you make it to right, you make it to your your dream level or the, the dreams that you didn't even know you could achieve, and uh, you know for a lot of athletes out there, whether that be making it to college or to the league, uh, how do you keep yourself focused from that point forward? How do you set your new? We talked about making it there. How do you establish your new there uh, and, and keep yourself motivated when it when it does get tough? You better have some serious intestinal fortitude and some serious drive, um, you know, and, and, um, and you're right. You know, if for, the, for the longest time it was to make it wherever it was, you know, again, we talked about, for me, it was local TV. It turned out being ESPN. And then you get to ESPN and it's a shark tank, man. And you've got a lot of really motivated people who know how to politic, who know how to do the job really well, who are super talented, and then you got to figure out a way to kind of survive in that shark tank. And um, so there's there's levels that even at a place like ESPN, you get there and you think, hey, this is great, I've made it. But wait a minute, now I want to see what this guy's doing. I, I I'd like I'd like to get there. And then this guy's here. And then you've got the or gal, or then you've got the people who you know you're never gonna, I'll never ascend to where Chris Berman was. Uh, is or Stuart Scott was or Scott Van Pelt is, but you know you try to figure out your course and you know for me I, I got I, I worked hard early on, paid dues, you know earned certain things and then other roadblocks come up and you got to figure out how to navigate them and uh, it's not easy. Everyone has the stories professionally with dealing with obstacles, but I think if you continue to believe in who you are, what got you to the place wherever you are. Um, you know, the, the skills and the uh, tools that got you there and continue to believe in, in yourself. Those are, those are huge ingredients in helping you, uh, you know, you achieve what you want to achieve. Now, do you, do you have those moments? Uh, I think uh, we, we, we caught you on camera, right? The NBA finals a few years ago, uh, our friend Amy Schumer, the comedian was there and yeah. somehow, and somehow I think you were doing the halftime with LeBron. I mean, do you, was that right? Was that accurate? You were doing an interview. And then do you ever have these moments of like, wow, I'm at the NBA finals or. Oh, uh, Rich. Oh, listen, man, all the time. I mean, you know what? I, and, and if it's a shortcoming of mine, then so be it. I'll live with that. But I'm well aware how fortunate I am to, to work with the colleagues that I do, to work at the place that I do, to get to, 
be a part of some of the experiences that I was. I, I covered the Major League All-Star game in Cleveland last year. I'd never covered an All-Star game. It was unbelievable. I mean, it was, you know, I, I sat on the field for the home run derby, you know, 10, 10 yards away from Clayton Kershaw. And, you know, watching him experience this spectacle. And I'm like, hey, that, 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 that's, that's Clayton Kershaw right there. Just sitting like, there with I'm, his kid, right? Exactly. I mean, it was, so I have those moments all the time. I feel like if you, do, the, the, the minute that you stop having them, it's probably the minute that you should say, I'm, I'm not doing this the right way. Um, I never wanted, I never wanted to be normal. Um, because again, I think it takes away some of the magic of it. So I, I have those, I have those moments all the time. That's great. And uh, I know you're a long time Yankee fan. Have you been able to do anything at the stadium? My old job when I was working at WCBS radio in New York, I, I did the, uh, I would do, you know, depending on, on how big the game was, I would do the uh, 15 and 45 past the hour updates within news radio 880 uh, from Yankee stadium leading up to the game because 880 carried the Yankees back then. So it would lead right up to the game. I spent more time at the old Yankee Stadium than probably any other park. I was fortunate to. I've covered uh, covered a couple of World Series there. Um, I worked with Aaron Boone at ESPN. He's the Yankees manager now. He's a friend. <laughs> we, had, we had a neat experience last year where we we got to honor my dad, who was in the military, like we talked about early on. We had him. Well, on I the saw field. that. It was amazing. It was, it was an amazing experience. We walked on the field. There's Aaron Boone gives us a, I mean, you know, again, I, dude, I, I, I have, I recognize how fortunate I am and, um, and, and just how, how blessed I am to have had the experiences that I've had. Yeah, that, that's, that seems to be a key ingredient uh, to those who keep at it and stay focused is a degree of appreciation and gratitude uh, for the spot. And, um, yeah, I mean, how can you not step aside and enjoy those moments? Again, I mean, you know what, if the, the people who do, uh, they had better be supremely talented because, because when you don't appreciate those moments, that, that brings with it something else. And there aren't a lot of people who want to be around those people. So unless you're the most talented dude out there and, you know, you, you're, you're, you're cooler than school, yeah, I, I don't know what to tell you. For me, uh, I, I always get energized. Um, I won't tell you that every show is like the birth of a child, but I will tell you <laughs> that I, I still have moments where I'm on campus at ESPN and I say, I'm living the dream. And by the way, Rich, I know that this dream isn't going to last forever. Um, I'm going to try to make it last for as long as I can. Uh, uh, but I know it won't last forever. So I better appreciate it while I'm here because the last thing I want to do is look back on it and say, man, I wish I had appreciated that more when I was going through it. So speaking of the few, where, besides uh, coaching in your uh, youth soccer league locally and at a yard goats game, where, where do we hope to see you uh, a year down the road, five years down the road? Hmm. Enjoying all of those things with my kids, like you are, like so many of your listeners are, you know, being being present, uh, you know, for them. It ain't easy. We talked about that early on, man. It is. It can be really challenging sometimes, but um, there are so many times when I'm home and I'm able to do bedtime with the kids and I get downstairs after it with my wife and I say, 
boy, Reagan's such a good girl, isn't she? You know, and we go through the day or oh, that little guy is such a cute little guy. So, so being a part of their lives, obviously, and being a, you know, a, as good a husband as I can be and hopefully continuing to achieve and in, in work, um, you know, whatever that is and wherever that is. And having goals and, you know, resetting goals and, and working to meet them. I feel like it's so important. People talk about, athletes talk about that all the time. The best ones talk about it all the time, setting new goals, raising the bar, trying to meet new levels of success because otherwise you get stale. So hopefully doing all of those things. Yeah. Well, Kevin, what I hear you saying, it's also, you know, you're redefining success because our generation now wants to be present as fathers. We want to be successful, but also not at the expense of the balance of the home life. So uh, I think it's, you know, it's not quantifiable necessarily when you're when you're talking about you know reviewing how the uh the day review went or the uh play-by-play on story time but in terms of how a child attaches in terms of their security in the world in terms of their ability to go out and tackle challenges or say you know what i have a dream and i'm going to go after it it means everything um and like you said it may be easy to do that when you're in a comfortable mess but when you go out and face real challenges where does that internal fortitude come from and it sounds a lot like you know at least from your experience having a loving supportive home um at least gave you the confidence to go you know back in the trenches uh no matter how hard it was and to keep grinding this is why this podcast is so great, man. You, Rich, you, just, you realize you just brought it full circle here. Hey, I mean, man. I'm paying attention. I'm taking notes. The, the production value here, we've come full circle on this whole thing. And can you imagine the amount of clips out of one show? <laughs> no, you know, I, but yeah, it's, you said something there that made me, made me just think. Um, how hard is it? to do that. How hard is it to be motivated, want to achieve in the professional world, but also know that you have a responsibility in, in your personal life? Um, it's hard, man. You know, I will tell you this. I am, my outlook on my career is different now with two kids than it was pre-kids. Pre-my wife, pre-kids, it was all about work. My responsibilities are different now. And it doesn't mean I give any less to work, but it, it means that I've got to figure out a better way to do things because my family is the most important thing in my life. My job takes care of my family, but my family is the most important thing. And I, I, I'm sure that resonates with everyone who's watching and listening um, because that's life, but it's, it's refreshing. It's really powerful to say it. It's really powerful to say it. It's really powerful to hear it from my listeners, from a man uh, who's, you know, achieved at least the first few steps on his, his, uh, you know, big dream picture, because I think early on it's, it's confusing, at least from the model of our parents, which like you said, they work day and night. Uh, there's kind of this chip, this automatic chip, my default chip, which told me I had to have a certain modicum of success as a psychologist. I had to have a certain amount in the banking account. And I catch myself from time to time, uh, you know, from going into that tunnel because I realize that while I'm fueling, feeding that lack, my son is waiting for me to show up and come just be with him at the game. 
and and now having had enough years under my belt where we've had money and years where we had less money uh they don't know the difference they know that i'm happy and present um so you know i'm thankful i hope when we uh get back to uh baseball my son will probably plan out a week or two trip i think there's a jerry kuzman retirement ceremony in new york that i'd love to make yeah so um he's very good at picking out the kid-friendly uh ballparks so (laughs) thankfully you know that's one one way in which we found uh to bond um but I'm trying to keep myself in that place of making the time and staying in appreciation because that's what motivates me to keep, to keep working hard at this stage. Uh, so like you said, the appreciation for the opportunities of work, but if we get lost in the opportunity, then they miss, um, you know, what do you say? The forest from the trees. So I thank you for highlighting that and for living it, Kevin. I think for those of us out there or athletes that are working really hard or professionals in lieu of having had a good support system, it's nice for them to draw their mentors from the public eye uh, or for people they know. So sometimes if you, if you can't, you know, if you don't have that in your own system, um, that's okay. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't be able to find mentors or people that, that inspire you to do it a little bit different. And Rich, I'll also point out, it's not always easy, you know, as, as, as everyone, probably knows it's not it's you know uh it's not always easy to say i can't commit to this or i can't devote as much time to this work project as i'd like to preparation because i've got to take care of my son or daughter um but i try as hard as i can to to prioritize and and say my job is super important man but um but but what's what's most important is right here in front of me Amen to that. So I know you set up an ESPN anchor break, uh, bracket. Uh, how, how did we fare in the end? It, it, just to be clear, it, it was it wasn't it, it was not I that set it up. I was fortunate to be included in it, and through persuasive uh, uh, efforts on social media, I'm in the Sweet Sixteen. Bring on Dan Patrick. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a tough matchup. <laughs> yeah, a bloodbath is probably the better way to put it. <laughs> and where can people still find this? Is it on Twitter or is it on Facebook? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure what our Sweet 16 <laughs> matchup is. Isn't it like, how crazy is social media? Like, just think about this for a minute. Can you imagine if I, if I persuaded enough people to vote for me where I won it all. I mean, the, the, the tournament is who is the greatest sports center anchor of all time. Can you imagine if Kevin Connors won? How, hey, listen, were you, you were a homecoming king, weren't you? <laughs> uh, come on now. You've got, you got some clout out there that you could throw around, Kevin. This is the not insanity the time of modest. <laughs> right. Let's see. Connors, Chris Berman, Stuart Scott. Yeah, that sounds right. Dan Patrick, Keith Olbert. Yeah, that sounds right. But that was a really creative thing to keep people, uh, you know, happy and entertained. Um, I know you're feeling probably the the lack of the coverage right now. And we hope, hope everyone gets healthy and we soften the curve and we can get back to, uh, you know, basketball, baseball, and, you know, normal way of life soon. Amen to that. I mean, on a lot of levels, professionally, <laughs> uh, socially, 
All of the above, man. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm anxious to have it come back. I fear it's going to be a little while still, but um, maybe we'll appreciate it even more when it comes back. But I can tell you this much right now. I, I appreciate it a lot right now because it ain't here and I'm missing it. Yeah, sometimes, right? The, when something's we can't do it, it makes it appreciate the most. So I hope oh, this yeah. changes the course and, and the way in which we live and, and, and treat one another and hmm. operate, uh, you know, really slowing down and appreciate. I hope all this has had that positive effect. Um, I've got a lot of empathy for you with the, with the young ones and having to give a lot of no's. <laughs> so I hope that uh, driveway basketball time is uh, – <laughs> is fruitful and uh really salute you and your wife for uh for juggling all the the balls and and being part of that sandwich generation and and trying to do what's best for the young and the old in your life and give back to them in ways they've given to you thank you very much kevin uh before we sign off tell people how they can stay connected to you or ask you a question um as always richard listens um, doing telemedicine through the crisis. If you're available, please reach out to me through Instagram, Facebook, slash Richard Listens, sign up, newsletter, blogs. Uh, we hope to keep delivered to you fresh weekly content and perspectives from elite professionals and how they're managing the situation that we currently find ourselves in. Kevin, how can they reach you and stay in touch with you? Thank you so much for giving your time today. Oh, Rich, I, I enjoyed this so much. We got to do it again. Uh, you can get a hold of me Absolutely. on Twitter. Really, that's the best place to go. It's at Kev Connors ESPN. And I always love interacting with, uh, with anyone who wants to talk sports. So give a shot to me there. I'm not hip enough to be on like TikTok or I've got Instagram, <laughs> but I'm not on it all the time. Twitter, I'm usually on. So check me you out. You might have that. to dance if you're on TikTok. <laughs> exactly. <daughter> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've offered my daughter as a means of connecting. She won't allow me yet. Yeah, that's the, that's the more prudent move that she's made. <laughs> well, thank you again. Uh, Kevin Connors, basketball player, announcer, extraordinaire, and the power of using your voice, finding your voice, and determination, if there ever was one. Thank you so much, and we look forward to having you on again down the road. My man, Rich, thanks so much, man. Great talking with you, and everybody be safe. Thank you, Kev. Thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate it. Please, if you can, check out my Patreon page.com, patreon.com slash Richard Listens, or Instagram, Richard Listens. Uh, you get the theme. We appreciate all your support and interest. We're now up on iTunes, Spotify. If you're interested in therapy, teletherapy, any kind of consultation, please don't hesitate to reach out to me through my website, richardlistens.com. I'm happy to help and support in any way through any kind of strain, support, or isolation you are going through. We are here to alleviate strain and suffering. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm Richard Listens, and I'm out. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouth guard that is state of the art. These mouth guards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters, but even better, they can be tailored to any sport. Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. Lastly, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Injitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. 
These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the session. I've personally taken a few of these classes and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion and with a drenched shirt. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsu.com slash Richard Listens to get your first class free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash Richard Listens. Take care, everyone.